always and forever each moment with you is just like a dream to me that somehow came true and i know tomorrow will still be the same Season two, deep breath, exhale, oh, season two. To the new listeners and to the regular listeners, welcome to Specificity. Spell it S-B-E-C-I-F-I-C-I-T-Y, where we ask specific questions about specific topics, getting specific answers. The meaning of specificity is the state of being clearly defined or identified to be precise, exact, or distinguished. Today's topic, military opportunities, the pros and cons, the positive and negative. And joining me today is DeMarcus Long Sr. Um, I always like to start with one good thing, one bad thing going on to make us make sure we're balanced and just to, to embrace the reality. So we'll start with the uh, the negative and, and positive. What's what's one bad thing going on or one uh, regressive thing going on, you feel? Um, I don't know if it's regressive, but uh, we're talking strictly strictly military related right it's whatever you want to share um society man you see see a lot of these issues in society and the way they blend and this i mean this translates to the army too because we pull people out of society i wasn't born a soldier you know what i'm saying so see a lot of things in society when we're, we're having trouble living amongst each other you know then you find the same issues, kind of, or you develop new issues whenever you get in the army, and then we all have to live together, and that friction's caused. You know what I mean? I'd say the biggest, biggest thing right now is us learning how to live together. That's our negative point. Yeah. I think the positive thing is this new generation's working on that. Social media and everything has engineered people to completely think differently. You know what I mean? Um, and I mean, I even go myself. One, one bad thing going on. Um. One, I always say bills, but that's a that's a part of growth and progress too, to a certain extent. Uh, two, I'm noticing is the level of accountability that we have. You know, we want the highest standard when other people are being affected, but most people, when they're affected themselves, is not the same. It's not the same standard, the same level. People want to pick and choose when something is enforced, when it's not enforced, and I feel like we need to be more stable. So I would say our instability. Um, one positive thing going on. One positive thing is we're starting to look at things more realistically. Um, yeah. and this, this is my opinion that as society, we're starting to really embrace the reality and not justify things because a justification is extremely dangerous. It's extremely dangerous um, because then you find an excuse for it and you can lump other things in there with that justification. So I would, I would say just embrace the reality. Um, one reason I wanted to do this episode, and I've actually been, I wanted to do it last season. It just wasn't meant to be. Was there's a lot of means and avenues to success. Entrepreneurship, you can go to workforce, you can go college. Another thing that popped out was the military, armed forces. Yeah. Um, I feel a lot of us don't know what we're doing when it comes to that. We don't know or understand things until we're in it. And so I wanted to make a resource or have a conversation people can listen to to where they would share their experiences to give people you know, step three, step five, steps ahead, at least when it comes to uh, knowing what's going on and acknowledging what's going on and being prepared. And so I want to start with my first question is, what's the one misconception about the military that you feel people think? Um, I guess in a good a good and a bad one is one one misconception you're going to think is that you're con that you have no off time. As you see right now, I'm not suited and booted. You know what I mean? I've talked to people that think that I'd never and outside of my duty, you know what I'm saying? That I don't have off time. 
or something like that, or that you automatically have to be deployed or something like that. A lot of people don't really understand the function of what we do, you know, because uh, a big part of it's humanitarian aid too, or just preparing in any way to kind of serve the people of the United States. You know what I mean? What's one thing you feel they take for granted or underestimate? Talking about the people in the army or the people outside the army? Uh, a little bit of both, but really people that once they take that first step in, one thing that they'll take for granted or underestimate as they experience it. Uh, as they as they enlist, right? Mm -hmm. As they sign that paperwork and now they're shipped and now they're heading to that destination. I think that most people take for granted the actual amount of benefits you can get from this. 90, over 90%. I could easily say that, you know, I can't sit here and necessarily crunch numbers and stuff like that, but I've worked in different parts of the army that kind of let me know administratively how things go down. And then, you know, uh, I've been allowed to be a, a career counselor of sorts for a couple of years. It lets me know that people don't do not use everything that has been given to them by the military and by the, the federal government. Give us a few a few examples of some some benefits while they can All take right, an so, advantage of. So when you enlist, everybody's going to tell you, hey, you can go to college. People don't always necessarily explain it. They'll just tell you what it is. Hey, you can use tuition assistance and you get the GI Bill. Everybody's heard of that, your GI Bill. Your GI Bill, you don't even have to use. Like, I haven't touched mine. I gave mine to my wife. She's going to get her degree using that. And then they're going to pay her monthly to go to school, nine out of 12 months, every month that she's actually going to school. Um, she never even had to join the army. You know what I'm saying? And I got my first degree and I got paid every month. I was going to school too, uh, because I did FAFSA. I got, I got the Pell Grant during the time and it's a, it's a perfectly legal scheme and everything. And the, the federal government allows it and the army don't have an issue with it. And again, like I said, the government doesn't and schools won't either because they're getting paid. So I've made almost $40,000 going to college and I'm about to graduate with my second degree. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I just go to, I go to school, I pass the class because if you don't, if you don't pass the class, they don't fund it. But if you pass the class, they fund it. So you pass the class, your Pell Grant hits and it's going to pay like one of my classes is $990. So Pell Grant's going to pay that 990. Well, the army's going to match it. Right. And they're going to pay that 992. So you're in surplus. Right. So then the school's going to say, Hey, do you want to send this money back to the government or do you want this check? And of course, you're, everybody's going to say, send me that check. You know what I'm saying? So. I've had a second job that's, um, you know, paid me pretty much just by going to college. You know, I always try to find little ways to make money. So I go to college. Uh, it helps me progress in the military. They're really looking for uh, intelligence and in, in people. You know what I'm saying? That's one of the markers that they're using now to promote people. It's a big thing. So it helps you progress in the military. It gives you something to stand on when you get out the military and you literally get paid for it. There's nothing. There's there's no better part of the military except maybe other stuff as you transition out but that's easily right there that that's what answers your question you spoke a little bit about it but i would like to know this is more from a personal experience what has the military done for you and your family what's a few things um good and bad right it's tough it's a lot of sacrifice i spent a lot of time away from my family you know and i'm just now starting to get that back i'm going through a, um i'm going through a, the process of actually getting out now but all that time you spend away, it sucks, you know. So that's one thing I'm going to tell you up front. You know, if you've got a family and stuff like that, you not everybody's going to be away for the same amount of time. You know, it depends on where you're at, you know, what organization or unit you're assigned to, what mission they have, and what they need from you. You know, there's some people who never leave, some people who have a, a pretty much nine to five the whole time in their military, you know. And there's other people who, um, you know, never, never really been home. You know what I'm saying? Um, it all just depends. And that's one thing when you go, if you go talk to a recruiter, just say, hey, this is what I want. Tell them realistically what you want. Hey, I, I don't care. Send me wherever I do, wherever. Okay, we'll put you in this job. This is your roles and responsibilities. This is what you're likely to encounter because they can't promise you anything. Or you just say, hey, man, look, I'm here for the benefits. Don't lie to us. You know, we most people don't join because they're, uh, you know, a red-blooded, America, <laughs> a patriot. Yeah, that's just. Yeah. I mean, that's just a fact. Unless you're from Texas, every soldier that I've had that was under me that was from Texas loves this country. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got to You got to really plan. You got to say, don't ever just join the military just because 
you know, someone told you to or whatever, right? If that's what you're going to do, sit down, really look at the benefits you're going to get and strategize and maximize what you take from it. Because you could do three years of your life and secure your life financially, um, to, you know, just from three years. You know what I mean? It's not saying that they're going to give you a million dollars just for joining the Army. No, but like I said, the opportunities is what it is. Like I said, I've gotten paid almost $40,000 just to go to college, you know, and I'm graduating with a bachelor's in a couple months. I just got to take one more class, literally. And I've already got my associates with the business, with the focus on entrepreneurship, because that's my that's my aspirations to start my own business. And like I said, you know, not only did I have it funded, I was getting paid to go. So it was extra support for my family. Um, but anyways, kind of kind of drifted off there. So, yeah, one of one of the biggest things, man, is you're, you're going to spend a lot of time away. Like I said, one of the good things is what it's done for my family is it's never made me had to worry if I had to feed them first and the 15th that check always hits unless there was an administrative error but even then they fixed it and you get back paid the next month so to answer your question what has it done for my family it's, it's gave us some character through the sacrifice and stuff it's gave us some heartache and some headache for sure you know but it's also um it's made us who we are as a family you know what's something you wish someone told you before joining everything i'm saying right now Mm. strategize it don't just join and wait for someone to tell you to move from a to b decide what you'd want to do outside the military if you join and you want to do 20 years that's cool but like i always tell my soldiers underneath me plan for what happens if i get out so that means go to college you want to be an engineer when you get out go to college you're going to pay for it you're going to get paid to go and do an engineering degree or at least do a general ed so that way when you transfer out and you do go to college everything's paid for and then you can use your gi and you're still getting paid you're still getting paid, you know? Um, so that's what I would have told people was to to plan your life better. But again, we're, we're usually going after 17-year, 18-year-old kids because um, they're easier to, to train. They're usually less hurt. They're usually less likely to have legal issues already or other life complications that, you know what I mean? So people think that we target kids or something like that. I mean, that's just, you know, if you're Archie Manning and you're already about to make millions of dollars going to play football you're not going to join the military so the biggest one of the biggest um things people look forward to is that ship date because i've talked to a few people who almost went and didn't go and did go and it's kind of like that gray cloud of uncertainty from that ship date what's going to happen where am i going to go what type of thing i've seen a few youtube videos and heard them speak on it but what exactly is going to happen so from that ship date as much as you can share with us Walk us through that journey from the ship date onto uh, going to your next destination location. Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna have a recruiter, right? Your recruiter is gonna give you the everything, where to be, what to do, and how to do it. So let's say you enlisted, you did everything, you waited your time, because there's a time that you enlist, and you're gonna go to a processing station, you're gonna do a medical evaluation, testing, all that. And then let's say they say you got five months. That's how long my time was. You got five months. You're gonna go back and you're gonna ship, you're gonna leave from there. Yeah, you're about to start your journey. So again, you're gonna go, the process is, I'm just gonna take you run down from, from start to finish, I guess, right? So you go see a recruiter and you say, hey man, I'm Sergeant Long, right? You go say, hey, Sergeant Long, I wanna join the army, cool. Um, you know, what do you wanna do? You tell me what you wanna do, what your plans are. I'm gonna give you a test. If you pass this test, you're gonna go downtown to our MEP station, wherever it's at, and you're gonna take the test there. And then you're going to do a, a physical evaluation there to make sure your heart works, everything works. You don't have no lung issues, something, whatever. Just make sure that you can soldier when you join. So you, you test, physical's good. Then you just say, hey, this is what I want. This is what the Army's going to guarantee you, your bonus, your training, whatever. This is your contract. Do you want to sign? You sign. Cool. You're going to swear and you're going to do everything, but you're not in the Army yet unless you're in the Reserves or National Guard. At that minute, if you do that in the Reserves or National Guard, then yes, you're in the Army right then. But if you're active duty like I am, which means you're 24-7 full-time, you're going to go back. You're going to spend however long they tell you. It can be anywhere from 10 days to, like I said, months, and then you're going to come back. You're going to see that recruiter, and when you see that recruiter, um, on that day that you're going to ship, he's going to pick you up. He's going to take you back to that station. Uh, they're going to have you sign some more paperwork. They're going to give you a voucher. They're going to put you on a plane or a bus, and you're gone, man. You're going straight to basic training, and as soon as you get there, you're starting. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
All right, man, kids. Um, what's something that you never thought would happen, and it did? Like you never saw it coming, and then all of a sudden it happened. You had to acclimate. I don't know. I don't really know how to answer that one fully, because um, there's been a lot of challenges I've had that I didn't. There's been a lot of stuff that I did that I didn't know. You know, um, you're probably gonna have to. Let me ask it this way. Some, so I don't what's just. The, when you were at your lowest point, um, or during a challenging moment in your story, what was that challenge, and and how'd you persevere? What kept you pushing forward, and and kept you hopeful? Well, me personally, it's my kids. Yeah. A lot of people are gonna say that. Everyone's gonna have a reason. If you don't have kids, it's gonna be yourself, or you know whatever. Everybody's gonna have something, but you need to know what it is, because there's gonna be times that you need to rely on that. So be times when you're not home and your training is tough because again, uh, you're not in the army 24/7. But there's times that you're working hard and there's times you're working more than usual. They may take you somewhere. You're gonna suit up with all this gear and you're gonna play army. You're gonna show me you know how to defend yourself. And then same way you do when you play football, you know, or whatever sport. You're gonna go. You're gonna practice, and you're gonna put yourself in a notional situation, and you're gonna learn how to 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 act in that environment. And then if the time arises, that's a difference in sports and, and, you know, the military, you may never actually have to rely on those skills, but when the time comes, you know what I'm saying? Um, you gotta, your, your body's used to it, that muscle memory thing. So going back to your question, right. You said, uh, you know, what did I rely on? Like I said, you know, when it was tough, when I was training or whatever, when I was doing some art, it was physical and I was kind of hurt. You know, uh, I just kept thinking, you know, I have kids who literally rely on me being successful in this. You know, I have a little baby who can't feed herself or walk or do anything. And she needs me to be successful at this in order for me to be able to provide and do what I need to do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I understand that why is important and significant. Uh, what's something that you know is coming, but the person that's enlisting they won't ever expect it. Um, uh, he smiled. <laughs> you give you give us some some tidbits, something they'll never see coming, but you know what's coming. The culture itself, the army itself. You're gonna you're gonna be like, yeah, you know, my parents were tough on me. My parents yelled at me. It's not the same. Not the same. You have to react a certain way and stuff like that. The culture. Oh, I'm used to you know doing chores or doing whatever. It's not it's not the same. You have to be here. You have to be on time. You cannot fail because, again, you're practicing to go into a very high stress environment. Mm -hmm. So the culture and I keep saying army, but it's going to be the military itself. There's going to be things that you're just not ready for. And I come from a, you know, a background that really helped me prepare for the military. But there's still some stuff I just wasn't ready for. You know what I mean? You, know, you can be as mentally tough and resilient as you want. The military is going to is going to test you in certain ways that most stuff in the outside world can't do for you. You know what I mean? Just the way it's set up, the structure of it and the challenge. So you're going to think you're ready for some of this stuff and you're going to have that breaking point. Everyone does. You're going to get broken. You know what I mean? Um, might not your, even basic training. What was your breaking point? What's that? What was your breaking point? Uh, I would say about a year after I joined the military, um, I was, it was, it was a, it was a slow decline. You know what I mean? I was a pretty, pretty tough, resilient person, but again, it's going to chip away at you. Um, about a year in, I went and did some training. I was really, really hard, uh, really physical, uh, required a lot of field craft and, uh, just stuff that I wasn't used to, you know? Um, and, uh, I just wanted to be done with it, but you can't. Again, six weeks, it wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, but looking like I can do it now easily because I know what to expect, you know. Yeah. But if someone tells you, hey, you got to go do something for six weeks, you're thinking, cool, whatever, it's just six weeks. But when you're actually sitting there day after day on that grind, it got after, it got at me. You know what I'm saying? And it's tough because you're waking up and you're going straight to work. And it's in this environment where you're playing army. You're shooting, moving, communicating, defending yourself, trying to eat and do all the basic human necessities in a simulated environment, you know? 
or you're going to war. And for for me, it was, like I said, it was always easier for people my age because 2013 is when I joined and it wasn't the same kind of war it was and from, you know, 02 to uh, 2010, 2011. So like I said, my breaking point was just kind of slow decline. And then I've had different kind of breaks, you know what I mean? Because I had a break there, but then you have that that emotional break at some point in time. I was I was my physical, mental one. At, you know what I mean? Then you're gonna have that emotional one at some point in time. Like this has just been tough. Three four years in, I had one like that. I had just been grinded out. I had just been performing for so long. I just wanted to take a knee and take a break. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I definitely had that one too. Um, and we just had another participant uh, join us. Uh, you guys welcome Seth, the speaker and accountability coach, the author of the book. Black Collar Mindset, Art of Strategic Thinking. Um, Seth, we, we were just talking about uh, that breaking point, mm -hmm. you know, challenges that, that people got met with and, and what kept them hopeful and push them forward. Mm -hmm. uh, DeMarcus shared one of his and, and kind of what he expected and learned from himself. I would like you to share one as well. Okay, breaking points. Okay, well, first of all, thank you, brother, for uh, giving me the opportunity of being on, and I do apologize for the tardiness, Bob. Uh, so <clears throat> I would say that we have multiple points in our lives, okay, where it is essentially breaking. But the thing is, is that the fact that we are able to wake up every day to practice a gratitude, right, and to incorporate that to help us with resilience, we can bend. But we don't break. Right. So um, I would say the part of my life that I can uh, remember is when um, I was a uh, in a relationship. All right. In the military, but in a relationship with an individual that uh, did not understand what it was to be a spouse now for with a military member. You understand? So this was a civilian. Okay, so there are certain things that they need to understand. There are certain nuances that they do have to understand. For example, being in the military, I retired Air Force after 21 years. But the there's uh, times when there's going to be things that's asked of us that even I don't like, but it's part of my job, it's my duty, and this is what I signed up for. So when you have a spouse that don't understand that, that can become a strain to the point where we had uh, different situations that I had to go and speak to uh, my superior officers. And one time he said, listen, you need to make a decision, okay? If you want to keep a career or you want to keep your spouse, this spouse, okay? And the reason why they said that is because of the amount of stress, the amount of um, uh, issues that she was causing because she was not willing to complete form and being a healthy and uh, uh, a healthy spouse and a helpmate, it would in turn, well, ultimately cause my career to fail. So it wasn't a breaking point, but it was a reality check. Okay. Mm -hmm. That this level of my, uh, well, this career that I want to go on in, in my, uh, in my life, not everybody will be able to come with me. Even the individuals that's the closest to me at that point. And so certain things like that helped me to write the book, right? And it's a part of the chapter that I have as far as building a squad. Not everybody in your boat is rowing. See, not everybody in your boat is rowing, but it's our responsibility to make the, to, to analyze who's in our boat, because essentially we are the captains of our ship. You understand? So if we are the captains, we have to realize that not everybody has the same role, but there's individuals that do have a role. So that was one telltale sign that that person needs to get out of my boat. Um, and, and me, DeMarcus and I asked about it. What's the misconception that you think uh, people feel about the military from your experience? Oh, well, the fact that I was in the Air Force that I fly planes, right? Mm -hmm. Or the fact of being in the military that we don't have um, physically hard jobs, if that makes sense, or they call us the chair force, right? But I mean, we, we normally just rag on each other, but that's inside of the armed forces. However, outside of the armed forces, no matter what they see, what uniform, they will assume I'm in the army, you see? So all of them are equal to the army, even though the same amount of jobs, if not more, that's on the outside of our uh, uh, Department of Defense are inside. You see, so the same thing that this individual could be doing outside, you know, whatever they're doing, let's say they're uh, working at 
let's say targets or or walmart there's a job for that in the military that's logistics it's the same thing right but we're doing it with a different mission so yeah that's a misconception you talked about opportunities and if i heard you correctly you spent 21 years mm-hmm. why'd you stay what did it do for your family to where you felt it was beneficial okay so um so it was a couple of things right so when you stay in over 20 years there is uh or and to retire all right let's say that to retire so i could have done just 20 and retire but i was in a situation where i made rank so i could have gotten out and just received a certain amount of money for the rest of my life or i could have done that extra year to get they call it the high uh the high three okay so but what it did was it afforded me and my uh family different retirement benefits right that another individual that would have uh maybe separated would not have received and then it depends too on your disability ratings as well certain times well it all depends on how long you have still been in when you have certain elements that's going on in your body or around your you know your limbs or whatever the case is you're still under the guidelines of that contract you see so as i retired and transitioned out those things that were starting to affect me right my my body my legs my arms my back i was able to attribute that directly to the military versus individuals that may not have served the full term it would be hard for them to say okay did you do this while you were in maybe four or five maybe 10 years or did you do this when you got out you get what i mean so it's kind of hard to identify those things uh, what advice would you give someone who is thinking of enlisting? Mm. Well, I would ask them to think about their why. All right. Because what I mean by that, there's there's individuals that are, that are doing things that are aligned with someone else's perspective of them or what they should do. OK, make it make sense. Also, I would say make it make sense. Find out what it is that you want to get out of the military versus just give it because you are going to give your body, your time, your emotions, your love, your energy and all of that. But find out what it is that you can receive out of that. For example, I have um, what is it four, four different degrees paid. All right. Zero debt. OK, a retirement for the rest of my life and also matched up with a disability rating for the rest of my life. So if you can sit in it, quote unquote, and invest in you, then this, I will say, is a, a good opportunity for individuals that are, you know, in essentially wants to when they come on in. If you want to travel, there's an opportunity to do that. If you want to gain a new trade, for example, I've had uh, close to, you know, it was five different career fields since I was in, from being a cook to being a heating and cooling uh, technician, engineer, licensed. So I can go anywhere and work on universal refrigerant. So I was able to walk out with trade skills that are transferable. So no matter where I go, I can use those type of things. And then last point, when you come out of the military, there are certain things that has been instilled in us that may not be on the outside workforce. For example, level of professionalism core values okay you have values now right that you may not have when you came on in okay and then you also have a specific type of work ethic you see a specific type of work ethic so therefore you are more marketable on the outside after you transition and so you can skyrocket past individuals that may have the degrees you understand but you have the soft skills and the fortitude to learn the job and then you can manage it let me ask this, and I'm a Demarcus. I want to start with you. I see a lot of people; they don't transition very well from out of the armed forces um, to the civilian life and flourish. Why do you think? Why do you think that it is? What's the busy, busy, uh, the biggest obstacle for them during that transition? Um, so a lot, a lot of things in life. I tell people, hey, you're, you're accountable for that, and it's on you. But there are two people that that are at fault for that, and that's the as you and the person who was your supervisor at that point, because part of being a supervisor or a leader in the military is grooming that person and helping teach, coach, and mentor that person. And a lot of these times, and there's a lot of things that he said that I just wanted to touch on because there's so many benefits that are out there. 
that we would have to do a two, three hour long session just to just to get in there. But before we just just stick into the the outer layer of stuff, a lot of people don't know those benefits. And then they get to this this transition period where they're getting out. They didn't really have a plan because no one was teach coach mentoring them, you know what I mean? And you know, now they're out. And a lot of these benefits you either need to set up while you're in or um, once you get out, it's more difficult. And then another part of it too is it's kind of it's kind of just too late in some ways. You know, like I said, there's a lot of things like I bought a ho- I bought a house, no money down. Like he said, he went to college. I went to college, same thing, getting my second degree in three three months. And not only was you know it paid for, and I paid zero, like he said, zero dollars for it. I got paid to go. I literally made almost forty grand just going to college. Um, so, you know, you get the house, no money down. And then like he was talking about his physical ailments, the military pays you for um, most anything in your life that they feel is service connected or that you can prove is service connected that, that affects your life, you know, tax-free money every month, you know? So the truth, the truth of the matter is that the benefits and stuff are there. Like I said before, um, I think I failed in explaining it kind of well. He, he kind of, hit on things better than I did. You got to have that, got to have that understanding of, hey, I'm going in there to do this. And then you have to know what, what can I get when I do this? And then when the time comes, I'm in that position now, because I, like I said, I'm being medically retired. Now you got to enact all that stuff. Now you got to go to the appointments and now you got to, you know, buy the house or fill out the paperwork to use this benefit or that benefit or whatever. A lot of people just get scared of the hassle or something like that. A lot of people don't know. There's a lot of reasons, but it's normally a culmination of all those. And again, it's people just not being properly prepared and it's people not doing their due diligence when they get out and planning for their life. You know what I mean? Let me ask a follow-up one and and Seth, I'm going to ask you this as well. What is the, you mentioned the benefits. What's the two biggest things you see people either not capitalize on or procrastinate for whatever reason? And they lose out, or at least a, a minute amount of it. Two biggest okay. things. Yeah, too easy, man. I would say the two biggest things are um, understanding how to invest their money. All right. That's one of the things because sometimes individuals feel like they're going to live forever and they will always have time. That is one asset. All right. Asset that will, you will not gain again. And the next thing is not capitalizing on individuals that have been there and done that. For some reason, people feel as though, oh, I can do it better and different. Okay, cool. So that means they're unteachable and they're not mentor ready. So let me add, add on to the question uh, that uh, the Marcus answered. I would add one other thing that is the biggest, the big hindrance is individuals having imposter syndrome. Okay, what I mean by that is they may have been in X amount of years and achieved certain feats in their life. But when they come out, they feel like they should be equivalent to or get that same type of A, responsibility and B, financial uh, security. But when I talk to people about this in different situations, if you're in the military, right? So, DeMarcus, what uh, what branch were you in? I'm in the Army. Okay, Army. Okay, copy that. So, there are colonels in the Army, right? Mm -hmm. I talk to those, right, Air Force in different places, but I tell them this. You may be a colonel here. Congratulations. Thank you for your service. But when you get outside of the gates, the only Colonel people knows are Colonel Sanders. You understand what I'm saying? So you going, trying to go into any situation as though you don't have to start at a spot that you may feel as though that you are above, that can be a problem. So I would say to answer that question, humility. Yeah. Marcus, what about you? The two biggest things you don't see people take advantage of or wait too late or procrastinate? Well, he hit on a lot of soft skills and a lot of the abstract things that you need to learn the lessons. I would say the three things that are that are tangible that are just strictly benefits, because like I said, I, I'd like to give you three. 100%, if you're in the military or you're thinking about joining the military, that's what you need to look into. Your VA home loan, VA disability, and then your education benefits. And that it's not just TA, that's not just the GI Bill, that's your that's your voc rehab, that's your uh, you know, your your CA, your uh, all your training that you do, 
he said that he was a, a, a you said HVAC, right? You did uh what did you say you did? So I had five, but my last one was uh HVAC heating and cooling. Right. So he he's not just uh, you know, trained in the army. A lot of people realize, hey, this training translates. So whatever you do in the army in some form or fashion, or excuse me, in the military, in some form or fashion, there's a way for you to accredit it outside of it, right? So I'm a logistician by trade. And when I go to school and I get a certain amount of training, there's a there's a logistics um, certification called a soul certificate, right? And they say, hey, this person is a demonstrated logistician or, or, or a master demonstrated logistician. That means they understand logistics and all the needs of it to a certain degree, right? right? Again, it's just like when you go to college, it shows that, hey, he understands this at an institutional level to this, to this, you know what I mean, marker. It's the same thing in the military. You go through everything, and there's a way to translate that and accredit yourself outside the military. I'm, I'm sure you don't want to do it after 21 years. You're probably trying to do something a little slower or a little more, um, you know, not not as running gun or physical, but if he wanted to, there's a way to accredit himself for all the stuff he did when he was a technician and get certified and get out and go right into another job. And then again, like he said, if he wants to get hired, and if he doesn't want to go be an HVAC technician on his own or something like that, and he go gets hired by somebody and you're sitting there and you have this resume of, I have the training, I have the, the time leading people, I understand how to... Um, you know, take certain situations and make them better. I understand how to, because the whole military uh, comes off what I said earlier, right? We take people off the street. No one's born an airman, a soldier, a Marine, or, or you know, Navy, Navy personnel. Um, we take you off the street, but we learn everything kind of from civilian sector to the military's breaks down just the way they would do business, the way they teach corporations and stuff. There's a tactical level, an organizational level, a strategic level, the pillars and foundations, the way we do everything um, is usually learned from civilian people, you know, because we just constantly take in that knowledge and then we change our the way we operate off that. So, man, everything, everything, you know, whenever you say there's two things, that's why I said those three things, they're, they're critical, right? You look at the benefits you'll get, and then you look at how do I implement them. You know what I mean? I know I kind of went all the way around the world on that again, but like I said, man, it's just it's one of those things. You know, we're sitting here touching on all the benefits. But again, he said the same kind of sacrifices I did. Your family sacrifices too, and you're giving your time, your body, your emotional, mental health all to this. So I always like to spill um, those benefits out so that you can at least feel like it's worth it later on. So I apologize for kind of dragging that one out. That's what we need. That's that's exactly what we need. So we talked about uh, the pros and cons, what it can do for you long term, uh, what to expect, uh, whether from you or from them. So kind of like the ship date on. Um, did you guys feel like I missed anything or would like to add any something that someone else will find beneficial? I would say, uh, if you don't mind, Demarcus, uh, I would say that um, when individuals, before they come in the military, all right, so I'm originally from Detroit, east side of Detroit, so that was a transition, okay, from not having any uh, experience in the military and transitioning within it, and not only that, I had the opportunity, like I said, to do X amount of years, so essentially, I grew up in the military. So I started at the age of, uh, excuse me, as 18, okay, 18. And then I retired at the age of 39, right? No, right at 40, excuse me. So what I would say for individuals is A, understand it's a transition in and it's a transition out. However, the transition out is much, much, much different. So I encourage them to seek therapy. Talk to a counselor because there are some things that we're that is going to be a shock to the system. For example, just waking up every day not knowing what to wear. You get what I mean? Because if you were in X amount of years, you already knew what you were wearing. You were wearing a uniform. You get what I mean? Or uh, you knew what time to be at work. You knew what time you had to go home. You knew what time you knew certain things. So I would say that um, to transition back out into the civilian uh, workforce, 
get a counselor, get a, a therapist, right? Just to make sure that mental health is good because I did that. And I, what I needed to do was to reintroduce myself to myself as a man without the uniform, because I did not know who I was without the uniform prior to, right? I was only 18. So I grew up and I, I, I had a, I created an avatar, if you will. So now I need to transition to this next chapter with a different lens and different optics. So that's what I would say. Mark, just talk to us. Yeah, uh, run the question one more time, real quick. Um, if you feel like I miss anything out, or would like to add a little bit more to to that person who is listening. So um, I'm gonna take the baton from him a little bit, and uh, he, he, the stuff he's saying about therapy and stuff like that. Yeah, because it, it's gonna consume you, and again, that's why I focus on benefits and stuff so much because it is 100% a sacrifice, and it is difficult sometimes. Sometimes it's easy days, sometimes it's not. Um, but I can say I, I don't mind the 10 years I've spent because uh, I know where I'm going to land. I'm going to be on my feet at worst. You know what I mean? I'm going to land on my feet. What I will say, like he's saying, you know, um, therapy and stuff like that for a lot of people, or like he was talking about, you know, how colonels, people are used to being somebody in the military. And one day you're going to take that uniform off. And when I walk around or whoever, I'm, I'm this person when I go to work. I have a little piece of cloth that tells everybody, hey, this is who I am. Everybody in this environment is is acclimated. You know what I'm saying? Everybody is under the understanding that this is who I am. And then you're going to go somewhere. And that's no one else. It's, it doesn't reciprocate. It's not the same. You know what I'm saying? So um, put it all together. You know, it's a sacrifice. And if you're saying, hey, this is what I want. And I'm thinking about joining the military. It's not the worst thing that happens. There's bad things that happen in the military. There's bad things that happen out. There's good things that happen in the military. There's good things that happen out. It is not the end all be all. Um, it's not the greatest thing. It's not the worst thing. It's just a it's just a part of your life, right? And uh, don't try to let it consume you, right? So, um, if you're if you're if you're deciding on whether or not to do it, there's three things I would say, right? Think about what you need. look up the benefits and think about where you want to be in life. If you're really ambitious, like I am, and you really just kind of want to do it all, there's not a lot of ways to where you're going to get ahead in life faster than this. Um, it's just not, you know, because of that sacrifice, they they try to make the benefits commensurate with that sacrifice. Now, um, the second thing I would say is look at your family, right? Are you a seven-person family like me? I've got five children. I've got a wife, a lot of sacrifice. Are you one person? Could you leave, right? But are you really attached to your mother? Can you live away from your mother for three years or something like that? So that's the second thing. What do you want from the military? And, and what is your family? Um, what is your family situation like? And the third thing I would say is um, just talk to somebody, maybe not a recruiter, but somebody you know is in the military and just say, hey, tell me, tell me some of the things you experienced. Because some of the things I've experienced, I don't wish to experience. And some of the things I've experienced, I'm so grateful to have experienced because I wouldn't have experienced outside the military. So talk to somebody and say, hey, what is your experience like? Not, not on a podcast where we're just talking about stuff or something like that. Talk to somebody where you can get a little personal um, because, you know, it's all, it all, this is all just kind of talk to some people. Like, like I said, 10 years, but for 10 years, day in, day out, I've been living this, you know? So all the ups and the downs and stuff like that, I could sit down and tell you that, and that might help guide your decision better. So to culminate everything you've talked about and then, you know, everything I kind of failed to hit, like I said, Seth was kind of hitting on it. Um, those are the three things I would say to make your decision, whether you're going to join the military or not, where you want to be, what's your family situation, and then just kind of getting some background on what day-to-day -day life is like or what the hard times are like, and then do some soul searching. Could I really... Could I really do this? You know what I'm saying? Some people can't. A lot of people can't. A lot of people even make it through basic training in AIT, and they they realize they can't. That's why we we have failure to adapt um, paperwork form, which means hey, this person didn't really adapt well. You know, we're putting them out the military, but not in a bad sense, right? You know, general or honorable discharge, right? They just couldn't do it. They couldn't mentally adjust to what the military needed that's not a bad thing this isn't easy you know he said that people call them 
the chair force people try to say that the air force is super easy and stuff like that but there's there's definitely there's definitely stress to being in the air force i can tell you that 100 percent. i've never been in the air force just from what i know about the army they might not go out and always run and gun and stuff like that but they have stuff that if they don't get it down and get it right somebody gets hurt or they're saving a life and they they don't have the oh i can I can fail this mission or something like that. They don't have that either. So and the same thing in the Air Force when they're saying, hey, you need to get up and you need to go do this. It's no fail. You need to get up and go do that. And if you can't do it, it needs to be a good reason. So like I said, this is this is a culture. This is this is a career or a job, however you look at it, that is very high, high intensity, fast pace. And uh, just make sure you do your background uh, research on it before you call a recruiter. All right, this is the, the part of the show that, that I enjoy as well. It's the closing. So what I usually do is I have my participants, the people who are on with me, and what's your dying words? If you were dying tomorrow, what would you tell the next generation, those close to you? Um, whatever you're doing in life, whatever you want to impart on other people wisdom, this is your moment to where you can leave that lasting impression, that last little bit of wisdom and, and information for the, the listeners and the next generation. You go ahead if you want, Seth. All right. Um, I think it'll be simple. Um, connect to the God in you. That's it. Connect to the God in you. The reason why I say that is because I believe a lot of individuals become distracted by certain things, certain people, certain just even limited beliefs because they're not connected to the God in them. And um what tends to happen is that they agree with things that's not true about them. You understand? So try to find ways to uh, enhance your level of awareness, and that will bring you and connect you to the God in you. So just do that. Um, I'd say the same. I already thought about this, what I would tell my kids. If I, if I know I was going tomorrow and I just had one bit of wisdom to impart on them, uh, be happy and then learn how to live in society and do what you need to do, but still be happy. Being happy is 100% the most important thing because you can go make a million dollars. You could be whoever, but if you're not happy, it's a waste of time and time's one thing you don't get back. So be happy and have, do your best to have a good heart. You know what I mean? Don't let people step on you. Don't, don't overreach and give them leverage they shouldn't have or give them um, an ability to control your life in ways that they shouldn't, but lead with an open heart. You know what I'm saying? Be, be who you can be, a man or woman of values and, and principles, and then be happy. That's the most important thing. Uh, what would I tell them? Uh, whatever you love to do, do it and find a way to monetize it at the very least. Because uh, even if it brings in zero, you're doing what you love to do, and that, and that helps with purpose and mental and emotional health. Like even here we are now, season two, around you know, great people doing great things and having conversations that I, I would want my kids to listen to as they figure out their their means and avenues of success. Uh, where can people find you? The, the the Twitter, the social media, the the website. Talk to us. Go ahead, Demarcus. I I'm not really big on uh, um, social media. You know what? You know what I'm gonna have to do. I'm gonna have to come be a guest again because, like I said, that that business plan I was telling you when I get everything going and I have. I have stuff going. I'll come back and I'll get back to you on that. Okay. All right. Well, look, uh, well, first I want to say thank you, man, for this uh, opportunity, right, to be on your show, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So those that are uh, listening and that uh, want to follow me, I'm everywhere. Seth, the speaker, or you can go to setthespeaker.com, right? Uh, I'm also an accountability coach, help individuals to get from point A to point B. It's a difference between a life coach. I don't really want to be your friend, but I want to help you account accomplish what it is that you want to accomplish. And then also too, uh, the book, The Black Collar Mindset, Art of Strategic Thinking. You can find that on theblackcollarmindset.com. Or if you're not an avid reader, but you are a listener, it's available right now on uh, on audible.com. So I'm everywhere, right? Anything you want to talk about, let's get it together. And with that, we thank you for joining us on Specificity. One plus one equals three. It's unity. When he loves she and she loves he. It's unity.
And that's the way it's supposed to feel. It's unity. It takes love and time to build. Unity. When one plus one equals three. It's unity. When he loves she and she loves he. It's unity. That's the way it's supposed to feel. It's unity. It takes love and time to build. She said, I know that I'm on. I know that I'm strong. I know that I'm grown. I know that I get it. But I see the mission. He said that he different. He said he consistent. But so many people have said that before. Said they would do more. Said there was more in store. But then neglected me once they got the recipe. I want a stable relationship, not chillin' dip. But I like the attention. But still I be wishing for something more. Something long-term and sure. I come to you vulnerable and receiving love. More handshakes, hugs. Community, community believes in me. We doing something rare, something that has people scared, something unique and beautiful. We will be resented, tempted to stray because we have unity. When one plus one equals three, it's unity. When he loves she and she loves he, it's unity. And that's the way it's supposed to feel. It's unity. It takes love and time to build unity. When one plus one equals three, it's unity. When he loves she and she loves he It's unity That's the way it's supposed to feel It's unity It takes love and time to build He said, and I know that I'm on And I know that I'm strong And I'm feeling grown And I know that I get it But I see the mission She said that she different She said she consistent But so many times I left With so much regret So little respect I was scared Sabotage the relationship For a reason not to be there I chill and dip But But I don't like the attention And still I be wishing For something more Something long term and sure I come vulnerable Giving and open and receiving love More handshakes and hugs I believe in community Community believes in me Doing something rare That has people scared Something unique and beautiful We'll be ostracized And tempted to stray But we'll stay Because we have Unity When one plus one equals three It's unity When he loves she and she loves he It's unity And that's the way it's supposed to feel It's unity It takes love and time to build Unity When one plus one equals three It's unity When he loves she and she loves he It's unity And that's the way it's supposed to feel It's unity It takes love and time to build We come today for unity For something more Stay for home and love That is sure I thank you both for tying the rope, for family and hope that we will promote ambition, love, and commitment instead of a sentence. Children who know love, that is shown stability and trust, trust and respect, not abandon it and neglect. You both come vulnerable, giving and open to receiving love or handshakes and hugs. You believe in community and community believes in you, doing something rare that has people scared something unique and beautiful you'll be resented and tempted to stray but you will stay because you pray and have unity